0: The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Excellent. I was reading uh, uh, an article a little while ago and this writer said that you could divide the world into two groups of people, givers and takers. I don't know about that. I mean, Francis is nodding vigorously. <laughs> Most of us probably see a bit of both in ourselves. And I don't know if you can kind of divide the whole world that easily. But I'm sure like me, you, you've probably spent time with people who you would say are definitely one or the other. When you're with a giver, you walk away with more stuff than you arrive with. Have you ever experienced that? You go to somebody's home and like they empty their fridge as you're walking out the door. You know, you feel encouraged, you feel refreshed, you feel like you're 10 feet tall. You just feel so blessed in just being in their company because they've just been giving of themselves and their encouragement um, to you the whole time you've been with them. And then I'm sure when you've been with the taker, you've left very differently. And sadly, a lot of people, when they think about God, they think about God as a taker, not a giver. I wonder how you think about God. I wonder what your experience of God has been. There are people out there who feel that God asks too much of us to sacrifice everything. And God kind of takes away our freedom and the right we have to choose or our will or our fun or our enjoyment, or sometimes even of real life itself. For them, God is a real Scrooge. You know, and I really struggle with that. And maybe if we really saw the way God reveals himself in the Bible as our series has been the God you're looking for, maybe we'll actually come to the conclusion that the God of the Bible is the God we're looking for, because he's not a taker. And we just heard several people testify tonight as to God's goodness and his kindness and his generosity in their lives. And this season that we find ourselves in is known as the season of giving. Why? Not because we give each other gifts, but that's what it's become, but because we celebrate what we just read about, that God gave us His Son. He gave us the ultimate gift that we could ever need or want, not just a gift that will do us good for this life, but for all eternity. And that's why I... I, I want to talk this this evening for a, for a few moments about the God that we are looking for. He's the God who always gives. He's the God who always gives. He's a generous, loving, wonderful God. And I invite you to turn with me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter one, and my text this evening is from uh, verse one to verse 14, but we're just going to read up until verse 10. And he says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the critical section here, verses 3 to 10. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of 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 his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Father, we thank you for this Christmas season, this season of giving. We thank you that we can come around your word. We thank you that we can worship together and and sing and and see each other uh, at this time. We ask for your spirit to come and to give us revelation, Lord, because we need your help to see you for who you really are, that we would see you as you reveal yourself in your word, that we would be encouraged, and Lord, that we would be strengthened, and Lord, that maybe we would be drawn to reconsider how we think about you as a good and generous, giving God. And so I pray that you'll help me to communicate your word faithfully. Help us to hear what your spirit wants to say to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just want to quickly go through some aspects about God's giving nature from this passage and then challenge us to consider how we might respond to this God in light of that. The first thing I want to share with you is that God's giving the giving heart of God is extravagant. It's extravagant. I mean, Paul says that, that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He says in verse 6 that he has freely given us this stuff that he's, he's given us. In verse 9, he says that he, that he has lavished on us. These are all words of extravagance. Now, when I say extravagance, some of you might be thinking about Oprah Winfrey. And you probably know that famous show, when she gave away cars, you get a car. You get a car. You, you, no one here gets a car, so just there's no confusion. But that, that's what we think about, that extravagant, lavish generosity. And, and Paul, in, in Ephesians 1, is trying to convey that same idea. You get a blessing. You get a blessing. You get, and he says he blesses not just one blessing, but every spiritual blessing in Christ. And he has lavished it on you. And he has freely given it. Are you getting that idea that God is just wanting to pour? It's like, have you ever stood under a waterfall? It's a bit like that, where you just just saturate it. You're just under this deluge of water that just keeps coming and coming. It's not like a shower that you can turn off. You just have to step away from it. That's the only way not to get wet. That's kind of the the God of Ephesians 1. He is extravagant in His generosity. The second thing that we're told in this passage is that it is God's pleasure, and and it is His will to give. Paul says this in, in verse In verse 5, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and His will. And then again in verse 9, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure. God is not a stingy God. God is not a miser. God is not holding back on you. God is not holding out on you. God is not withholding. God is not a taker. God's pleasure is to give. It's in His very nature. It's in His very character, just like all the other attributes we've looked at. God's love, God's care, God's compassion. They are so intrinsic to who He is as a person that they are the very nature of God. And right now, we're told in this passage that God's giving is His pleasure. He just delights to give. You know, sometimes, and we've probably all experienced this, when you've sacrificed, you've saved, you've searched, and you've found that perfect gift for a loved one, Sometimes you're more excited to give it to them than they are to receive it because they have no idea what it is, but you know what it is, right? And you've been putting it under the tree and you keep kind of drawing attention to it. You know? And then on Christmas Day, like, come on, open it, open it, open it up because you're just so excited. You've gone to all this trouble and you just, it's been your pleasure and your delight to do that. That's how God thinks about giving to you. It's His pleasure, it delights him. It brings him great joy. It is his will to give. I remember, you know, the kids, one of the things that they used to love when they were little is the Father's Day stall. And there was this one year where Ebony was so mad because her class was like right at the end of the day when there was only the dregs left. But still, she had five bucks to spend and she was determined to spend it. So she came home with these two gifts. That was, I think, the only time I've seen her not very excited to give me a gift. And so the father says like, here dad, here's your Father's Day gift. I'm like, This is weird. This is not like ebony. And I opened it, and it was a a hairbrush and some hair products. And this is when I was shaving my head. And I'm looking at it and going, thanks? And she's like, I'm sorry, Dad, but that's all that was left. There was nothing else there. Everybody else had taken all the good stuff. But generally... We, 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 when we find that perfect gift, there's so much pleasure in giving it to someone because we know how much it's going to bless them. That is our God. It's his pleasure and it's his delight to give us his good gifts. The third thing Paul tells us here is that God's giving is, is forever. It's never going to end. You know, one of the saddest realities of living in this broken, fallen world is that good things don't last long. Good things don't last long. You know, Micah looks forward to Christmas all year. All year. He just gears himself up. We started listening to carols. I think, what is it now, October? But then it's gone and it's done. And then it's another whole year. It's like that with a holiday. It's like that with a gift. It's like that with the new thing that you buy. You know, even kids, after they've opened all their presents, it's like, it's done now. And that's one of those really, painful realities that we're living in a world where our satisfaction in everything else is just so temporary. We look forward and we look forward to that special holiday. And that's the best part because the moment it starts, you know it's ending. But the amazing thing about God's giving is that it never ends. You know, Paul tells us that Verse ten: that all this stuff that he's been talking about, this incredibly long list, is to be put into effect in verse 10 when the times reach their fulfillment. Like this, God's giving is going to go on forever and ever and ever. Verse 14, he, he picks this up again. He's talking about the Holy Spirit and he says, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. That hasn't happened yet. So every day you wake up, God's gift is there for you. And Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says that, right? His mercies, his compassions are what? They are new every morning. He's the gift that keeps on giving. Every day. For all eternity. It just keeps going on and on. His goodness never runs out. Never runs out. It's there for you. The last thing that... Paul tells us here is that God's giving, uh, God's goodness, is, they're all anchored in Christ. And you, you notice this in the passage, in, in just about every verse, Paul connects what he's saying here to Jesus. In verse 3, he says every spiritual blessing in Christ. In verse 4, for he chose us in him. Verse 5, adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Verse 6, he has freely given us in the one he loves. Verse 7, in him we have redemption. Through his blood, verse, uh, verse 9, which he purposed in Christ. Every verse, every blessing is connected to Jesus. And that's why Christmas is so awesome. That's where the story began. When God gave us Jesus, it was the beginning of the waterfall. It's incredible. It's awesome. Now, as Christians, here's where sometimes we get it wrong. The cross is God's ultimate act of giving to us. But sometimes we think of it as the final act of God's giving to us. We're so grateful for God's salvation, that He has forgiven us, that He's redeemed us, that He's brought us into His family, that we think that God's giving kind of stopped there. But that's why Paul wrote Ephesians 1, to remind these Christians and remind us that God's giving in Christ was just the entryway to the blessing of God that He has for each of us. And that's why he lists all this stuff all this stuff that is in Christ. Because it's like Paul saying, there is so much more that God has for you. So much more. And in Romans 5, he says that. In chapter 5, he says, you know, in Christ, there is much more for us. In Romans 8, he says the same thing. Now that God has given us Jesus, how will he withhold anything else? God has so much more for us in Christ. It's like, imagine this, that a baby that's born, grows up and they're two years old and they turn to their parents and go, mom, dad, thank you that you gave life to me. I appreciate it. You don't need to do anything more for me. I'm all good now. It, was just, it would just be crazy to think of all that child was going to now miss out on for the rest of their life in relationship with, this, with their, the, the child's parents that just wants to keep showing them love. And that's what sometimes we do. When we come to God, we go, God, thank you so much for saving me. Thank you so much that you've redeemed me in Christ, and that is worth thanking God for. Don't hear me wrong. What I'm getting you to think about is that God's giving is so much greater that he wants you not just to appreciate what he's done in Christ, but to live the fullness of life that Christ died to give you. It's not just about forgiveness. It's not just about saving you from hell. God gave us Jesus to bring us into a kind of life where we're living and walking in Jesus, where we're abiding in the vine, where we know His intimate presence, where we're growing for the rest of our lives till all eternity to know God more and more and more because He wants to keep giving more and more of Himself to us. There is more. There is more. There is more. There's always more. There is so much more for you and for me in God. That's the God of the Bible. That's the God we celebrate and we worship and remember at Christmas because that's where it all began. Well, it began in Genesis, really, with God creating the world. But in a very ultimate sense, when Jesus came, to be Emmanuel, God with us, and die on a cross for you and for me, to bring us into God's family, to make us His kids, to bring us into an intimate relationship with Him through forgiveness and restoration. Now we know God as our heavenly Father whose pleasure and delight it is to give to you and me. So how should we respond to this God? Well, I think like Paul does here, the first response ought to be praise, It's almost like, you know, Paul gets a few verses in, in in listing all these spiritual blessings, then he's got to stop and give praise to God. You know, in in verse 2, he's kind of talked about God's grace and peace, and he begins this section with, Praise be to God, verse 3. And then he lists a couple of these blessings, and he gets to to verse 6, and he goes, To the praise of His glorious grace. And then he kind of goes down a bit more, and then he, he gets into verse 12, and he's like, might be for the praise of his glory. And then he keeps going and he lists a few more things in the needs, gets to verse 14 and he ends with, to the praise of his glory. If God's giving and his generosity doesn't inspire you to praise and glorify him in gratitude, something's very wrong. Something is very, very wrong. Our first response ought to be to just Reflect and remember and thank God for His bountiful blessings in our life, which is why I love Thanksgiving Sundays, because that's the opportunity for us to actually sit and reflect and give thanks and share it with the body and our family and go, hey, rejoice with me in God's goodness in my life this year. It's been hard, it's been difficult, it hasn't been a walk in the park, but through it all, as, as Diane said, God's light has shone on our path and kept us going. Praise. The second re- response is the challenging one generosity. Generosity. Throughout the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, God expects his people who've received freely to give freely. In Matthew chapter 5, Luke chapter 6, uh, same kind of account uh, Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Plain, Jesus connects the Father's giving to us as being the motivation for our giving even to our enemies. And Jesus says, your heavenly father is merciful to you. Now be merciful to those who might not love you. He says, your heavenly father sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Now you go do likewise. You be generous like your heavenly father is generous. Jesus anchors his teaching on forgiveness the same way. He says, you've received so much forgiveness. How can you withhold it from somebody else? In 2 Corinthians 9, you know, Paul says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply, listen to that, increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your right. That's just God's waterfall coming down into your life. And then look what Paul says, you will be enriched in every way. Why? So that, there's the reason, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity, do what we just said. Response number one, result in thanksgiving to God. So not only are you supposed to give thanks to God for his generosity to you, but God's generosity to you or to stir you to be generous so that others will also thank God. That's pretty cool. So I want to challenge you. This Christmas, how can you be more generous with your forgiveness? How can you be more generous with your time, with your money, with your stuff, with your words? How can you be more generous to your enemies? How can you be generous to the stranger? How can you be generous to your family, to your brothers and sisters in Christ? How can you be more generous? 2021, how can you be more generous? As we appreciate and value what God has blessed us with, may stir us and challenge us to live open-handed and to be a blessing to others, because freely we have received, freely we ought to give. The third response, this is a challenging one, if that wasn't challenging enough. Trust when God doesn't give you what you want. Because when that happens, what tends to happen is we do one of two things, maybe, maybe we do other things, but in my experience, we do one of two things. We either kind of think less of God, or we think less of ourselves. We either think, God, you're really mean. You're punishing me because of something I've done or something I haven't done. Or you're kind of holding this carrot in front of me, like the carrot in front of the donkey, and you're making me work really hard to earn your good gifts. And I just haven't done enough yet, and I just need to keep doing more to earn your goodness and your gifts. I hope... This passage is reminded that both of those things are not true because God's giving to you is based on His grace. None of it is deserved. We don't deserve anything but judgment, separation, alienation, death. And yet God gives us to the undeserved, the unearned, because of His grace. And God's giving is based on not on our work, not on us being good enough and doing enough and working hard enough, but on Christ's work, and that's being completed so in those times when you're sitting there wondering, well, God, why haven't you? Why don't I? Why hasn't this happened? I've been wanting this. I've been needing this. Why not? I hope this message, this thought will stick in your mind that because you now know who God is, because you now know that our God is a generous giver, not a taker, that you now know, I hope, in your heart, in the deepest places, that our God's pleasure is to give And it is his will to give. That as some some of the people shared in their testimonies, maybe there's a reason why you haven't gotten what you've thought you needed, wanted, when you thought you would get it. And in that moment, this is all you'll have. You'll still have to sit with your disappointment. You'll still have to sit with your unanswered questions. You'll still have to sit wondering when. You'll still have to find a way to keep hoping and believing that something good will come of all of this. And I know that that's really, really hard and really, really difficult. And my prayer and my hope is that as you celebrate Christmas, this season of giving, that your hope will somehow be steeled and strengthened by this truth that our God is a giving God. And His giving will go for all eternity. And it is His pleasure and His will to give you. And if He hasn't given you something that you long for, then it is because He knows best. And while that's easy to say, for someone who has amazing things and is grateful to God and all the people who shared their testimonies, they'd be able to say, yeah, I can can do that. But I'm wondering about all the people who haven't been able to share testimonies because it's been really hard. And it's still really hard. I hope that you can trust that it's not because God is mean or stingy or withholding or holding out on you or blessing everybody else but just not blessing you or that you've done something wrong that has turned your loving Father against you. Trust. The last one is receive. Receive. You know, you can have all the gifts in the world presented to you, but if you don't receive it, it means nothing. It'll do you no good at all. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, and you're here because a family member or a friend dragged you here because it's Christmas, then I want to encourage you, I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad you're here to hear this good news that God in Jesus gave His best and ultimate gift to you. Because forgiveness of your sin and being made right with God and being brought into relationship with Him is the greatest gift you will ever know. Because it's not just good for now, it's good for all eternity. And I hope and I pray that you will come to see what Jesus did for you on the cross as being that ultimate gift. And that you will open your heart to Jesus this Christmas and invite Him in to be your Savior and your Lord. And if you'd like to do that today, I would love to talk with you. And at the conclusion of this service, I invite you to come to the front and and talk with me. And I'll be here to pray with you and talk with you and explain to you how you can invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life and receive God's forgiveness and pardon. But for all of us who claim to follow Jesus and have submitted to his Lordship, we need to receive God's gifts too. And I love Um, Alina's testimony about, you know, I received God's forgiveness, then I asked for the Holy Spirit, and I received that. What else is there? You know, like, is there more? Yes, there's more. And I invite you this Christmas, as we celebrate our generous, loving, giving God, that you receive all that He has for you open your heart and say, God, I know you are infinite and there's so much more that you have. God, will you pour out your waterfall of love and your, your revelation of yourself that I might know you more, more of your Holy Spirit. God, give me more. There's more. I've heard there's more. Hillary said there's more. Well, I want, I want it all. I want to receive it all because that's what you want me to have. And I encourage you this Christmas, enjoy the goodness and the generosity of our God. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.